Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Supper Church Podcast. I am Justin, the executive pastor and 30-second host for today. Today's episode is called Defense or Defensive. And as we're starting our new series on the Beatitudes, join us every week for a brand new message. So without further ado, here's Eddie Park. What's up, everybody? My name is Eddie, and I'm the teaching pastor of Supper Church, formerly known as Hug Church. And if this is your first time tuning in to our service, we used to be a church in Southern California called Hug. But after the pandemic happened, our church was used to meet in person. Uh, We'd actually hug everybody as they walk in and hug people during service and hug people as they left. But we can't do that anymore so that we can keep everyone safe. And not only that, but the world has changed During the pandemic, we are now living in a new world that has new needs. And with that, we want to be a church that becomes a new kind of church that serves the new new needs of the new world. You know, last week, we had a very special, uh, our our very first in-person service since the pandemic, where we had an evening service at 4 p.m. and we got to worship together. I got to preach in front of a live audience for the first time in 20 months, which is awesome. And we had a Sunday supper together with a taco car. And personally, I loved seeing you all there. It was so much fun. And I hope for those who are comfortable, you'll make it out to our next Sunday supper and our service next month. Well, we do something called question of the day where some of us share our answers to the question of the day in our Zoom call where uh, we watch the service together. So the link down below, it's not too late to join us. And the question was, what's your favorite new show this year. You know, with the pandemic, a lot of us have stayed indoors, which means a lot of people are watching different new TV shows out there. Maybe you're like Francis, started watching the new Gossip Girl reboot, XOXO. Or maybe you live under a rock and you're the only person on the planet that hasn't watched Squid Game. But there's this one show that a lot of people say that they love and they love it because it's like not violent It's not too dark. It's not twisted. It's not like overly suspenseful or stressful and not like overly sexual like a lot of these TV shows are, right? But this show that a lot of my friends tell me is their favorite new show this past year is Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. So Ted Lasso is uh, on Apple TV Plus and it won seven Emmys this past year. Wow, seven Emmys. That's a lot of Emmys. And if you don't know uh, the show... It's about a former college American football coach from the South who ends up getting hired to be a professional international football or soccer, as we call it here, coach in England, even though he has no experience coaching soccer. And I remember I would watch like the first three episodes of this show and I just like, keep waiting for like the main character, Ted Lasso, to like snap or like freak out because everyone is like so mean and like negative around him. But he, does, but, but he doesn't know. And part of the draw of this show is that Ted Lasso is extremely kind. He is extremely positive, And he treats people so well. He treats people with care, love, even though they don't deserve it. And I remember Jason Sudeikis, who, host, who he hosted Saturday Night Live after the, he won all these Emmys. He said that he was shocked that Ted Lasso won so many Emmys because the show is the exact opposite of America, which is love of uh, soccer and the love of kindness to human people. And I bring that up because Ted Lasso 
as I watch the show, it's really jarring to watch because Ted is the exact opposite of what we are experiencing in the world today. You know, if you scroll through the internet, social media, it's filled with people like recording people who are violent to other people. I don't know how many videos I've watched of like random strangers like attacking Asian American elderly people on the street and brutally injuring them. It's filled with people recording someone like yelling or screaming about masks or like a parking lot debacle. Or it, the news is filled with just negativity because that's what gets the most clicks right now. But worst of all, I've just seen so much footage of people who claim to be Christian, telling people to go back to their country, that this is America, or like being racist, or being extremely rude, angry, spreading hate, and like getting super defensive. And I get really sad because when I watch Ted Lasso, I feel like someone like Ted is how I'd wish the world would view Christians. Overly kind, generous, positive. Ted is like the epitome of like killing people with kindness. But it's hard right now with so many heated issues and debates like critical race theory, abortion, politics, theology, social issues. And what we're seeing right now is a lot of Christians wanting to defend their faith. But defending their faith is coming off more like being defensive and angry. And I want to talk about this topic of defending your position versus being defensive because those are two different things. Last week, I asked the question, what kind of church does the post-pandemic world need? And I shared that it needs a church that moves forward to serve the new needs of the new world. And today is a kind of a continuation of that thought. What kind of church does the new world need? And I believe... I believe the world needs Christians to return back to being people characterized by what Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount. We need to be people who are known by the teachings of Jesus and what he said and taught on the Sermon on the Mount. In the introduction of the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's something called the Beatitudes, which means the beautiful attitudes are beautiful expressions of our belief. And it says this in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And today, I want to focus on verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meekness is an attitude or expression that this pandemic world needs right now. Right now, So much emphasis is on, we need to defend our faith. We need to defend our rights. We need to defend our freedom. And you might hear that and say, yeah, but that's that's like those crazy people out there. That's them, like pointing the finger over there. But I'm not just talking about public, 
or social or political issues. I'm talking about when we defend our rights as a customer and how we treat our customer service representatives or workers in stores, how we treat anyone in the service industry when we make a mistake or they make a mistake. But we defend the principle the customer is always right. I'm talking about when we defend our arguments against our spouses, when we justify our actions or make them wrong and gaslight them. I'm talking about when we defend ourselves not only to strangers but to our loved ones and our friends and our family members and escalate situations and get defensive and end up hurting people and hurting relationships instead of bridging them and leading to reconciliation. What the new world needs are followers of Jesus who are meek, not who get defensive. See, actually getting defensive is the exact opposite of the attitude of Jesus. In fact, this, this attitude that is the exact opposite of being defensive is what the Bible calls meekness. But here's the problem. We don't really know what being meek really means in a biblical sense. In fact, the word meek is not really used in our normal vernacular. We don't say, wow, I'm so impressed by his meekness. Right? The closest word that we have in the English language is humble. And humble is a great word. Being humble is a great thing. But meekness is not exactly the same thing as humility. But with all this hostility in the world right now, people who are upset and angry, people arguing, getting defensive, public discourse at like an all-time high in rudeness and pettiness, that's right, our public figures right now are modeling for the world and the rest of our generation how to be rude and how to be petty, which manifests in being defensive. What the world needs right now are Ted Lasso's, are Christians who display the beautiful attributes of Jesus taught from the Sermon on the Mount. And if the world, what the world needs right now is meekness, then what does it mean to be meek? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. Meekness is not, one, is not a one-for-word definition for the word humble because the opposite of humble is proud. Now, pride has something to do with being defensive. When your pride is hurt, when you become defensive of it, when you defend your honor, you defend your ego, but pride doesn't mean you become hostile, rude, and petty. Meekness is not being quiet. Sometimes when you hear the word meek, people think meek as a mouse or meek as a lamb or gentle as a dove. We think we have to be quiet, modest, soft, gentle. Meekness could look like those things. Being meek could manifest outwardly in silence and modesty and gentleness. But being meek doesn't mean you need to always stay quiet, silent, and soft. You know, there were times where Jesus was silent, yes, but there were a lot of times where Jesus was loud and wild and when he would like flip over tables and start whipping people in the temple. Well, the most important thing I want to be clear on is that being, being meek does not mean being weak. It does not mean being a pushover. It does not mean allowing yourself to be a victim. It does not mean you have to become a doormat. And I think in our Western culture, we become so binary where everything's either right or wrong, good or bad, 
fight or flight, strong or weak. And when we hear, because of the, our programming, most of us put meek in the weak category. Because we don't want to be, and we don't want to be weak, so we choose to be right, good, fight, and strong. But Jesus was not weak. God is not weak. And if meekness is an attribute of God and Jesus, then meekness cannot mean weakness. So then what is it? Well, Jesus actually explains this in the Sermon on the Mount. Later in chapter 5, verse 38, he says this, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to the other cheek also. Now, if you visualize this picture that Jesus is painting, it's not just someone like beating you over and over or as simple as you just not fighting back, right, or just getting pummeled and getting hit over and over again. That's not the picture that he's painting. But the picture that he paints is someone striking your cheek and then stopping to pause and then turning to the other side and daring them to do it again. It's fundamentally different than just like taking a beating. It's actually an incredibly powerful move to stare someone down after they were rude to you, after they said something horrific to you, after they did something to hurt you, and then you openly say, here, do it again. This is the picture of what it means to be meek. And there's one more nuance in the teaching of Jesus. When Jesus says, you have heard it say an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. What Jesus is referring to the conventional wisdom of you do something, then I get to do something back. Now we're even. Or if you get to take a shot at me, I get to defend myself by taking a shot back at you. You're nasty to me, I can be nasty to you. And we've conflated defending ourselves with being defensive. And really being defensive is just being on the offense. No, but instead of retaliating, instead of taking revenge, instead of tit for tat, it's not like Jesus couldn't retaliate or ask his father to avenge him when people tried to hurt him. It's not like Jesus wasn't angry, but, but meekness is about being in control. It's about being in control of your strength and your power. You know, one of my least favorite superheroes of all time is actually Superman. Mostly because he's such an unrelatable character. He's not even human. And he basically is indestructible. And his only weakness is like a tiny green rock, which is strange, right? But Superman is so powerful. And there's this one nerd fact about Superman I find really interesting. That Superman has to always be in control. He's so powerful and strong that the Superman comic book writers and the historians have said that when Superman is punching his enemy, he's actually holding back his strength or else his punches will go right through them. And you know what? That's actually one thing I really respect about the character Superman because that is, an ex- that is a perfect example of meekness. The other, the other person in the Bible who was frequently called meek was the prophet Moses. In Numbers chapter 12, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men 
which were upon the face of the earth. Wow, that's high praise. And this is because Moses was constantly under attack. He was criticized by the Israelites. And even though Moses was doing everything right, doing what he was told, he was wrongfully criticized and attacked. And he could have easily justified himself. Remember, this is the guy that split the Red Sea. He could have easily asked God to rain down fire from above or open the earth to have the people swallowed up, but he did not. Mostly, you see in the Bible, Moses interceding on behalf of Israel, pleading for God to spare them. And in the end, Moses was vindicated several times. We see Jesus when he was on trial in front of Pontius Pilate being humiliated and mocked. He didn't have to become defensive of who he was. When he was on the cross, he could have asked God at any moment to vindicate him in front of all the people who crucified him, but he didn't. He chose to restrain from using his power to vindicate himself, to defend himself. And what this world, what this new world needs are people who don't retaliate, who don't take revenge, who are tit for tat. You said, so I said, this new world doesn't need Christians to defend themselves or defend their faith, which is just being defensive and justifying their actions. We need people who display the meekness of Christ. And what does it mean to be meek? Well, meekness is not weakness, but it's power under control. Meekness is not weakness, but it's having power under control. You know, I shared last week that I recently became an uncle. My brother and sister-in-law just had their first baby, a baby boy. And it's kind of hilarious watching them go through their first kid because my wife Eunice and I, we remember how crazy it was when we had our first child. And those first few months are crazy. It's so stressful. You don't know what you're doing. And I know a lot of us in our church, we, you just had your first child or you're pregnant with your second or you have two little ones as you're watching the service and it's the craziest time of your life, right? But one of my biggest regrets that I have in my life is not being as supportive to Eunice when our kids were first born. I remember all of a sudden I went from being like a husband to my wife to like being a slave and and Eunice was no longer my wife but she like became my boss she became like my supervisor criticizing everything the way how I do things how I fold things how I change a diaper she was micromanaging me and I remember I'd have all these moments where I get defensive and I would say the stupidest things like you know how hard it is like being a man like what what does that even mean did I really just say that or even when the kids got older, when I wasn't being as helpful because I was busy leading our church and working, I'd get defensive and say things like, do you know how hard I work to provide for this family? Who pays the bills? Who takes care of X, Y, Z? Of course she knows that. What does that have to do with me being more helpful with the kids? In hindsight, I should have understood that She's tired. Things are stressful. She's going to say things that are sharp. She's going to be annoyed. But I thought that it was weak to just stand there and just take it instead of just being helpful. 
You know, I was frustrated too. I was tired too. But meekness would be would mean being in control of that moment. When I was frustrated, tired, even angry, instead of getting defensive and using guilt to justify myself or acting like a baby. You know, it's taken some time for me to realize that just because I'm strong and I'm powerful doesn't mean I have to use it. Just because I have leverage or position doesn't mean I have to remind everybody of it. But the hardest situation that I ever was in was when a close friend, a close mentor of mine, decided to hurt me and spread rumors and lies about me and this church. And it was very political. It was, it was, it was so bad that a lot of my friends, people I did ministry with, people I've known for years, they wouldn't even visit the church and still haven't visited the church ever since we planted. I remember being so confused, so angry, so frustrated, and I wanted to retaliate. I wanted to speak out against this person. I wanted to let everyone know. But instead, I chose not to defend myself, but let my actions and the ministry of this church be my vindication. Instead, I decided to love the person in front of me as best as I could. Instead, I chose to help as many people as best as I could. Instead, I chose to disciple people as best as I could in our church. And after four years, the fruit of this church, this new church, Supper Church, this beautiful community, is a huge vindication of most of those lies that were said about me years ago. And what I want to share with you all is this, is that what this world needs desperately are people of the Sermon on the Mount. This world needs Christians who live out the Sermon on the Mount. Most of the world only sees people who are walking around acting like all they read is the Old Testament or only the parts in the Bible or the words of Paul that are offensive and out of context. But what's at the center of our faith, what's most central are the words of Jesus and his teachings. Imagine, what if all we had access to were the words of Jesus? What if all we had were the four gospels about the life of Jesus? What if our entire faith, our, the DNA of our church was based on the life and teachings of just Jesus from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? And maybe that's what this world needs right now. People of Jesus who look more like the Jesus in the Gospels than the Pharisees of the Old Testament. And it starts with how we treat one another. It starts with how we treat our wives, our husbands, our friends. It starts with how we treat our loved ones, our family members. It's these daily interactions and the temptation when we get in the temptations, when we want to get defensive in a situation, but instead we see it as an opportunity to be meek, to be under control, to have our strength under control, to have our anger and our rage and our emotions in control, to have our power under control. Because remember, meekness is not weakness, but it's about having power under control. 
and blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And this is one of the most beautiful promises of God in the scripture. You know, we're going to be continuing in a series on the Sermon on the Mount. So tune in next week as we learn to come back to being the people that this post-pandemic world needs. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this message and this Sunday. I pray for anyone who's listening right now live, who is listening on a podcast or watching the YouTube uh, days later. God, wherever they are, as they hear these words, God, I pray maybe there is a moment or a time where they acted out, they got defensive. They were acting hostile to a, a loved one or to a stranger, to a coworker, to a family member. Instead of building bridges and reconciling, they caused more rift and hostility and distance. And God, I pray this is a gentle way for you to call us to repent, to come back, to exercise control of our strength, to have our rage and our strength and our power in control where we're not, we're not, we're not a slave to our anger or our sin. For God, for the marriages that are under a lot of pressure in this tense time of pandemic, God, I pray that we'd have the humility and, and love and patience to choose to be meek in this hour. And God, I pray for our church as we continue on to, in studying the scriptures and the words of Jesus that we will be a people that reflect your beatitudes and your attributes and characteristics of the Sermon on the Mount. We thank you again. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.